Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Uh, I tell you what, do me a favor and pass the word about these times. I thank you so much for doing so. I have folks come up to me every week and say, ah, we're listening. So I so appreciate that. And uh, any feedback you have, shoot it over to me, okay? You can find me all over the uh, social media type of stuff, okay? Hey, we've been looking at that one another thing. How's that been going? Are you being challenged by it? Huh? I dare say you are, because uh, I know I am in a multitude of ways, okay, in a multitude of ways. But boy, is it not amazing how much the Scripture has to say about this and how concerned uh, God is with the fact that we love one another, okay, that we do what is right, okay? That is really the model and example. Remember how we first started all this? Jesus said, the world will know that you are my disciples by your love. For one another. So I want to go back to Romans 15 where we were. And you know, in the last episode, we saw that he was reiterating some things that those who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength, that we ought to uh, seek to please our neighbor for good, for their edification, and that we have the Lord Jesus Christ as the model for that. And then he told us that things that were written in earlier times were written for our instruction. So that shows us and tells us that the things that are in the Old Testament are there for our instruction about this kind of stuff, about how to persevere, that we receive encouragement from the Scripture, that we learn how to be of the same mind with one another. And he tells us to actually do that, to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus in the same way that Jesus did. And the whole point of that, and we saw this in verse 6, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the whole point. That's the purpose, that we would, in one accord, not fraction, not divided, but with one accord, glorify God. Now, verse 7 continues this whole one another thing. Romans 15, 7. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. Boy, that, that's a loaded one right here. Because a lot of times we want to sit there and go, well, yeah, I know they say to be a believer, they are a believer, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. No. If they're true believers, <coughs> we accept one another. And we do it in the same way that Christ accepted us, to the glory of God. It brings glory to God. And you say, well, I, I don't like this, I don't like that, to which I would say in all the love uh, I can muster up. <laughs> Get over it, okay? Get over it. You know, these personal preferences that bring division, okay, are abhorrent before the Lord. So just as Christ accepted us to the glory of God, we're to do likewise. Verse 8, for I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the Father. So he's using Jesus as an example. And he said, Jesus became a servant to the circumcision. That's to the Jewish people, to his people. He said he became a servant to them. The one who created all creation, the one who set them apart, became a servant to them on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the Father. Jesus did this to confirm the prophetic word and the prophetic promises given. Okay, given to the fathers in 
the Old Testament. That's the reason he did it, okay, is to fulfill the word. So we see what he did for the circumcision. Verse 9 says this, and for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercies. So the Lord became the servant and did what he did for the Jew, for the Gentile, to the glory of God. The glory of God in confirming the promises he made to the Jews, the glory of God for his mercy to the Gentiles. Then verse 9 continues, For it is written, and the next three, uh, four verses, 9, 10, 11, 12, all have quotes out of the Old Testament. And here's the first quote. It is written, Therefore I will give praise to you among the Gentiles, and I will sing to your name. All throughout the Old Testament, you see that God had a plan for redeeming the Gentiles, all mankind, not just the Jewish people. Uh, it actually goes all the way back to Genesis. It goes back to Genesis 3. You see a really strong initial understanding of it in uh, Genesis 12 through 15, where God made covenant with Abraham, and he said that all the nations would be blessed. Then in verse 10, he says this. Again, he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. So he's letting the Jews know that the Gentiles are going to rejoice with them. He's letting the Gentiles know that God from the beginning had a plan for them to rejoice with his people and become his people. Then verse 11, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. Then in verse 12, again, Isaiah says, there shall come the root of Jesse, and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles hope. So Paul quoted from several portions of the scripture of the Old Testament to confirm that the Jew and the Gentile would be one as a people before the Lord. And another portion of scripture, Paul calls this a great mystery. And it is a great mystery. But it shows us, it's predicated on what he started with in verse 7, of accepting one another. In this case, he's showing the accepting of the Jew and the Gentile. <laughs> what about the Baptist and the Methodist, the Presbyterian and the Lutheran? Accept one another. So listen to what he said again. I'm going to reiterate these Old Testament passages. I'm just going to read them straight. Therefore, I will give praise to you among the Gentiles, and I will sing to your name. Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. There shall come the root of Jesse. And he who arises to rule over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles hope. Then the last verse, verse 13, Romans 15. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of times these uh, uh, intro lines and outro lines and blessing lines, we just sort of um, sometimes ignore those, and we should not. Because look what we see in this verse. He said, may the God of hope, God is the source of all hope, is the only hope. May he be the one that fills us with joy and peace in believing. You know, we will believe with the belief that the Lord grants to us unto salvation, but then he continues to pour forth an abundance of belief. So may he pour forth his joy and his peace so that we will abound in hope, not just have hope, but abound in it. Go beyond the, the borders of the boundary. Abound in hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, the, the, the church is so powerless today. 
I just did a little blog the last couple of days uh, related to this, uh, particularly in, in light of uh, the horrific things that we've seen with mass killings in churches. As a matter of fact, I may have to follow up and just uh, do a little side trip right here on our time together here and go through the, uh, the scripture passages that show us what we should be doing, how we should be doing things. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look at that later, right? <laughs> in the meantime, may the God of hope abound in a hope by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. I'll see you again later.